Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Binance Podcast. My name is Weijo. I'm the Chief Financial Officer for Binance. So, what I want to do with this show is to spend time talking to specialists, entrepreneurs, scholars, influencers, basically leading people from a variety of industries. Hopefully, through these conversations, we can share insights on how blockchain is changing not just these different industries, but also in changing the world. Here's a quick disclaimer: all opinions expressed by our host and our guests on this podcast are merely their own opinions. They do not imply any endorsements or opinions of their companies. You should not take these opinions as specific investment advice, as you will be solely responsible for your own investment. Hey, everybody! Welcome to another edition of the Binance Podcast. Today, I'm really, really excited to invite the Binance Academy team to join us. Because Binance Academy is an initiative that we started last year, we have been dedicating it to blockchain and crypto education. The purpose of this episode specifically is to raise the、uh, security awareness, not just for Binance, but actually for our industry as well. Binance itself, we frequently improve and update our own security system to ensure that we are able to provide a safe environment、uh, for our users to deposit, withdraw, and to trade their、uh, cryptocurrency. Well, today we're joining、uh, with a key member of our Binance Academy team, and、uh, who will remain anonymous for the time being. But thank you, Mr. Binance Academy. Can you tell us, you, or at least tell me, because it's something that I've been following, getting a lot of notes and lessons on myself. What is Binance Academy's purpose? Why it was created, or, or rather, how it was created? Yeah, so we initially created、uh, Binance Academy because we found whenever we were trying to do any research on、uh, any form of security-related、uh, information or any cryptocurrency or blockchain education, it's very clear that everyone、uh, in the space has their own kind of agenda when coming to. Creating education, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. People need to earn their income. They need to build their site so it's sustainable, right? And so they add advertising, and they have sponsorships, and it's very hard for the individual user to know whether they looking at an article that's purely fact based or whether it's been influenced by a sponsorship,、uh, because a lot of people don't actually disclose whether an article is sponsored or paid for. So. We created the academy so that we could provide a entirely unbiased, neutral zone for people to go and access education related to cryptocurrency and blockchain, and know that、uh, we've spent the time doing the research and we've gotten we've sifted through all of the potentially biased information and presented everything that we can in a way that is entirely. Unbiased and easy for newcomers to the blockchain and cryptocurrency ecosystem to understand. And how do you do that? So we currently have a content editor who spends the majority of his time、uh, pretty much researching all the topics that we that we write on. He'll spend days researching specific topics just to make sure that he is getting all of the correct information. And that involves、uh, even getting the wrong information and cross-checking it and contacting. Uh, developers of of、uh, the Bitcoin Core protocol and all the developers in the ecosystem,、uh, he will generally contact one to one to discuss with them what necessarily is correct and what isn't correct, and that way we can present it in a in a unbiased manner, so that we have strictly factual information that has gone through many iterations of cross checking. 
Yeah, I'll go back to sort of one more question about how do I get there? Is there an app? Is there a, a site? Yeah, so we have a website. It's uh, www.binance.vision. And we will be actually creating a sort of in-mobile, in-browser app, and that's going to be released soon. So it will allow people to visit our website and install it on their mobile device or even your computer if you prefer to use Chrome apps. Great. So that was a brief little introduction about Binance Academy. And I think we're going to come out with uh, several episodes with Mr. Binance Academy here. But today, the focus will actually be on security. It will be very valuable for our listeners if they can just pick up a couple of things on this recording. First of all, how much content does uh, or articles do, does Binance Academy have on security? How many languages do you have it in? We currently service uh, articles around blockchain, cryptocurrency, economics, and security. In our security topic alone, we have uh, currently about 22 articles, more coming out every week. And all of our articles are currently available in 16 languages. And we're aiming to increase this to a minimum of 30 as soon as we can. We do this because we want to be able to provide our education to anyone, really. We don't want language to be a learning barrier. And we also provide our articles with videos and even audio uh, text-to-speech generation. And this allows people to listen on the way to work. We even have interactive content like quizzes to enforce the learning process, right? We're really focused on building the the retention of that knowledge uh, rather than just presenting it. Okay, great. I'll jump into here in terms of some of, um, I would say, base level security question, right? In terms of some of the stuff that you guys have covered or for like a beginning user, what are some of the common scams that crypto users should be looking out for? There's always new scams to look out for. The most common ones, I would like to say it's more more of a hype-based thing. So there will be certain periods where I guess a lot of people get on Twitter and posting screenshots of fake giveaways and that sort of stuff. So there was a period of about six months where that was, I guess, very popular among scammers and it was working on the newcomers to the space. Uh, Because in a bull market, people tend to kind of throw away a little bit of rationale uh, when considering uh, what might not be a scam and what might be a scam. And if they're newcomers, they might not even know that it's a scam. It might just seem like an entirely normal thing to do, right? So when it comes to that, there was a period of six months where they were going on and then all of a sudden they disappeared. And most recently, they're completely back. So that's an example of where they come and they go just based on trends in the market. But then there's also just long-term ones that just stay around all the time. So there's in the app stores, right? You can find fake cryptocurrency exchange apps, which pretend to be a cryptocurrency exchange, but the moment you deposit to them, you're unable to get money out or they charge in-app purchases, which you won't be able to uh, refund. So it's kind of like misleading by going through an actual official channel such as the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. And despite the moderation that these these app stores have, they're not always able to keep the scams outside of the app app stores. Uh, and then this, this can sometimes just yeah, trick new users into the space because they don't know what to look for. There's one that is quite common, which is a clipboard scam, right? And this one is... Super interesting because when it comes to cryptocurrency, uh, where 
frequently fiddling with addresses, right? Long strings of numbers and numbers and letters. And they're very difficult for your average person to understand. So when you're depositing and withdrawing, you're copying and pasting these numbers. At the first start, uh, first time, you might cross-check the address letter by letter by letter, and that's fine. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. But then as you get more comfortable depositing, withdrawing, transferring your funds, you might stop doing that. And this is where those clipboard viruses, they come into play. And if you visit a malicious site, download a malicious file, it will install on your computer. And when you copy and paste something, it won't copy and paste the address. It will copy and paste the attacker's address. And so you won't be sending the money to your other account. You'll be sending it to the attacker completely unknowingly unless you check the address letter by letter. And this is something that we see quite commonly. And it's, it's quite easily avoided as long as you have antivirus uh, software on your computer. But uh, it is something a lot of newcomers don't expect to find in the space. It sounds like a dark and scary world out there, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I suppose when it comes to pseudonymity, it's a very attractive place for attackers or malicious actors to come and try and trick people into losing their money, right? So when you're coming into the cryptocurrency space, you need a place to be able to understand malicious attacks and how you can protect yourself against them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it goes a lot deeper. There's always new scams and there's always new attacks. Uh, even every day, right? If, if you're in a Starbucks cafe, uh, you might think it's perfectly fine to connect to their Wi-Fi, right? But in real life, it's, it's not okay because you, can, you might see a Starbucks Wi-Fi, but how do you know that that is actually their Wi-Fi? It might be someone who has set up a fake Wi-Fi who is in the vicinity just to uh, catch all the data that is being transferred through that Wi-Fi. So there's a lot of risks in daily lives but become more of a risk in the cryptocurrency space because you are your own bank. You're trying to control your own funds. And when you aren't able to do that, uh, when you're controlling your own funds, you need to be able to protect them as well. And if you aren't sure on how to do that, then it can lead down a dark path where you make a small mistake and lose all of your money. And that's a, a very big risk. Mm -hmm. I'll go back to sort of like to Binance specifically then, right? Because I, I think, you know, Binance as a whole has probably the best reputation in terms of security and safety features for our users. What makes Binance a little bit different? Before we go, go down some of the features that Binance have rolled out specifically, from your experience and knowledge outside of Binance, what can sort of, I would say, take it one level above, what can major exchanges do to prevent scamming, right? Because exchanges play a very critical role in the industry today. Users, it's probably when the users, you know, first come into trading, right? They send their crypto into an exchange. What can sort of major exchange do then? Like, what are some of the standard security features? Yeah, so major exchanges play a huge role in user security because not, not only because uh, the newcomers, but a lot of people, active traders will leave their funds on the exchange, right? Because they need access to them at quick times. They can't, uh, they can't afford the wait times of depositing and withdrawing every time. And so a lot of people do leave their funds on exchanges, which means the exchanges need to practice extremely high security standards. And something that is an ever-growing process, right? You can't, like, it's ever-evolving. Uh, you can't just say, yes, we have the best security now. We don't need to focus on it anymore. There is no such thing as 100% secure. 100% uh, secure. So when it comes to 
most exchanges, they do offer some some basic uh, security features, such as withdrawal whitelisting, and they do investigate strange account behavior and that sort of stuff, right? But all in all, there needs to be more done. And Binance is working on a way to really revolutionize how exchanges handle security, right? So right now, we do pretty much a lot of things when it comes to security. We have we offer YubiKey support, so Fido2, which is Fast Identity Online, FIDO. We have enabled that recently in effort to reduce our users' vulnerabilities to phishing and getting their accounts compromised. Mm-hmm. We have a machine learning AI risk mechanism, right, which will detect any form of strange or unusual activity on an account if it is not from the original account owner. And there have been multiple times where we have used this or this, uh, this machine learning AI has protected our users. One case, it has stopped a few people from being a victim of a SIM swapping attack where a malicious person will call up the telecom company and say, hi, my name is so-and-so, I need to reroute my phone calls and text messages to this other number. And so the telecom providers don't have a high security standard and they will process that request. And so our systems are able to detect that. They'll see, okay, this person is logging in for the first time uh, on a mobile device that has never been seen. That's a bit strange. And we can see that uh, it's from a different IP and all of these like outlying factors uh, will kind of align and we'll be able to identify that this uh, behavior is malicious and we can lock the account down before the user loses any funds. Mm-hmm. And that's a very valuable thing when you are keeping your funds on an exchange, right? We also offer like KYC control, which is more than just uh, KYC AML regulation stuff. It offers enhanced security on accounts. So when you have KYC on your account, you're able to verify that you are the owner of that account. And if anyone ever gains access to the account, it's an easily, uh, it's an easily recoverable process to get your account back, right? So we're able to verify that you're the direct owner and we're able to verify that that person isn't the owner. So we can just lock the account and give it back to you and go through the processes of unlocking the account. So having KYC in that, that sort of form is also extremely valuable when it comes to account security. Yeah. So I think there's are several sort of like one of the things that for exchanges, at least, is that people take over accounts. And this is despite an SMS or Google Authenticator, right? Can you tell us a little bit about what are some of the security scams that we've seen amount for SMS or Google Authenticator? What is Binance doing on top as an additional security feature? Yeah, of course. So when it comes to 2FA, right, there's, uh, as you said, different levels, there's SMS and Google 2FA, and each have their own security flaws and their pros. Now, when it comes to SMS 2FA, fortunately, it's got one major flaw in the sense that you're relying on the telecom provider to keep your data secure. And you're also relying on them not to not to give away your calls and text messages and that sort of stuff, right? So when it comes to SMS 2FA, it's 
quite vulnerable to SIM swapping, uh, which I mentioned earlier. And then it's also vulnerable to phishing, right? So if you visit a site, say you try to go to Binance, you Google it and an ad pops up saying a cryptocurrency exchange, you just click on the top thing without even checking and you end up on something called Bijanance or something, right? Like the URL are different, but the interface looks the same. Quite a common thing with phishing. Uh, if you log into that, enter your SMS 2FA, they will be able to access your account and that's all they need. And you're also vulnerable to, I guess, stolen. It will have your 2FA on it. It might even have your your private information on it uh, to get into your accounts if you keep that on your phone, which we recommend that you don't. So SMS 2FA definitely has its weak points. And then when it comes to Google 2FA, it doesn't have the same weak points, but is still vulnerable to phishing. And then when it comes to the the side of the exchange or the company that is offering Google 2FA, they need to store the codes on the service. So even though your device generates a local code on your device and it's not, not hackable or stealable from the device itself, in the case that uh, there is a breach internally on a, on a server that contains those 2FA codes, the backup codes, then the attacker can obtain all of the codes and then he will have everyone's 2FA, right? So there's that vulnerability to Google 2FA. We recently launched a YubiKey YubiKey support or Fido U2F support on Binance. Now, you can use your Tracer or your Ledger or YubiKey to uh, enable that. They all work. However, when it comes to YubiKey, it offers like an enhanced level of security because it is not vulnerable to phishing. It binds directly to the site that you pair it with. So if you go to a phishing site and enter your YubiKey, it will it, it, it won't even try and log in. It, it'll say, sorry, uh, it, it's just not going to work, right? And that means it only works with the intended site. And that is a great feature because it provides the user a lot of security and secure of mind, right? Yep. From my understanding of YubiKey and my use of it, it's kind of like my own treasure, but for my own logins, right? Right. Yeah. So you can bind your YubiKey to uh, yeah, a website and not have to worry at all. And even if you get your YubiKey stolen no one will know what it's for or whose it is, right? So there's that aspect as well. It doesn't have any branding on it in Google 2FA. When you sign up for something and put in your Google 2FA, it will pretty much label it as the site that that 2FA is for. So I guess there's that aspect to it as well. It it keeps it anonymous as to which sites it is used for and who actually owns it. Yeah. Sort of before we plug in this device, then why YubiKey? Why not other FIDO2 devices? Um, so after doing some research, uh, our, our security team did a lot of research in choosing to do YubiKey for our support and because it offers an extremely user-friendly experience, right? There are other U2F devices that definitely work, Ledger and Tracer work. However, the user experience in pairing and if you lose it, it's much more difficult to actually reset or anything like that. Every time you upgrade your ledger, you need to uh, reset your U2F, right? So 
there's that sort of aspect. YubiKey comes out of the box and it just works. It's very simple and just makes it much better for the end user. Okay, great. Well, go higher level a little bit. If you want, if you want a user to walk away from listening to this in terms of like the best practices that he or she can follow, just what are some of like, say like four or five takeaways from protecting your own security you would sort of like advise people on? Yeah, so we have a lot of really good advice on Binance Academy when it comes to key takeaways, but just to pick a few, it's always advised in general never to disclose that you own cryptocurrency or even just disclose anything about your current financial situation online. This applies to pretty much all scenarios. In the case where people win the lottery, right? A lot of those people, they end up getting robbed because when they go on the on TV and people see that they have won a million dollars, they become a target immediately. And so when you disclose your cryptocurrency holdings or any financial information, you could become a target. And that's a target for phishing, a target for just social engineering, or even just the $5 wrench attack where someone just attacks you and steals your stuff, right? So it's always good to just never link your financial assets or anything like that just to any social media or just never talk about it online. That's the best practice. When it comes to actually transacting with cryptocurrency, best practice there is to only ever use an address once just to retain the anonymity of cryptocurrency and of Bitcoin. If you use an address multiple times, you open up uh, yourself to potentially losing your privacy. So the best wallets actually generate many, many addresses. You won't always use the same Bitcoin address when you're making transactions. It'll always generate a new one. So it's always also good never to post any personal information about yourself online. Uh, I know sometimes it's easy to spill out a little bit of personal information unintentionally, but when you're acting in a public forum, you don't want to be giving away your email or your, or your birthday or your name because they link to accounts and your accounts link to your money. So when it comes to giving away any personal information like that, if someone gets your email, they can try and get into your email account and from there they can try and get into your cryptocurrency exchange account and that just opens up a can of worms that you don't want to open right yeah so when it comes to communication as well we always recommend encrypted communication uh just because you never really know who is listening the other day i was talking about a computer program and the next day an advertisement pops up the computer program right so there's always going to be people watching and listening when it comes to advertising networks and that sort of stuff. And it's always good just to use encrypted communication because there's no person in the middle that can decipher what you're saying. And it's just enhanced privacy, ease of mind. Finally, I highly recommend never using public Wi-Fi just because of how insecure it is. There are numerous cases where just connecting to a public Wi-Fi opens you up to certain malicious attacks, which is just not a good idea. So please, please never use public Wi-Fi. Great. All right. Thank you, Mr. Binance Academy. That's all we'll do for today. Binance, I think right now is the, the leading crypto exchange in the world and one of the leading companies in the blockchain space. And I think with that uh, position, you know, we have a great amount of responsibility. This is why we felt it was important for us to start Binance Academy to provide a, a very clean environment and a clean interface for users to basically do your own research about security. And I think we have many other features on Binance Academy, which is the website of binance.vision. 
But today we uh, we focused mainly on security because that's something that we care really deep about and we hope that the users deeply care about too. Um, at the same time, I'll say that Binance will continue to upgrade our own security system. All the conversations that we covered today are exist uh, currently on Binance Academy, all the topics that we talked about. And within Binance, you know, we are working uh, with more AI features, uh, machine learning features on risk control. But at the same time, we've also added a lot of login and security features um, later. We've also are currently working with a lot of the external vendors such as YubiKey to basically provide a safe environment for our users. Um, lastly, I want to say that Binance is currently working with exchanges, uh, security and compliance firms, as well as uh, other projects and community members collaboratively to make sure that we're all safe in this environment. All right. Thanks for listening and I uh, hope you'll join us again. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this interview as, as much as I did. If you like this show, please share this episode on Twitter, Facebook, Telegram, WeChat, or any other social media platforms. Please don't forget to subscribe to the Binance podcast and see you next time.